A shoot shall sprout from the stump of Jesse, and from his roots a bud shall blossom. Hello, this is Father Thomas, and welcome to the Sprouting Stump podcast series, where we reflect on the readings that come to us from the Mass each day. When we take a little time to let the Spirit come upon us, a bud shall indeed blossom in our hearts, so we might be renewed in spirit and strengthened in faith, as we take this time together to enter into that beautiful word that comes to us from God. Today's reflection is on the baptism of the Lord. Yesterday, around 9 o'clock, I walked outside and came over the church and felt that cool Arctic blast of 12 degree weather striking my face and invigorating my spirit. Alright, it didn't actually invigorate my spirit, it made my spirit want to turn around and go back inside. It was cold. Today, I walked outside to come over to the church about the same time, and I felt the tropical breeze of 44 degree weather spread through my face. And it tantalized my spirit. Alright, it didn't tantalize my spirit either, but in comparison to yesterday, it sure felt like a tropical breeze was coming upon me, and I was thinking, what a difference one day makes. Today we celebrate the baptism of the Lord, especially the last day of the Christmas season. And we begin ordinary time. So that means today the decorations will come down, we're going to change colors, the theme of the liturgy will be significantly different. I was thinking once again what a difference one day makes. But the difference in the temperature from yesterday to today, the difference liturgical theme and the decoration of the church from today to tomorrow is nothing compared to the difference of the day that we celebrate the baptism of the Lord from the day before his baptism to the day of. That was the day that really made a difference. Well, the baptism of the Lord is considered the second epiphany event. The first epiphany naturally is the Magi coming to Jesus we are now in the second epiphany. And like the first epiphany, it's shrouded in mystery. But unlike all the questions that we have about the first epiphany, there's only really one question that seems to be pressing on most people's minds over the centuries. Why do we even celebrate this day? People have been asking for 2,000 years, why did Jesus need to get baptized? It was a baptism of repentance for John, and Jesus had nothing to repent of. We all understand baptism is to be a baptism that takes away sin, that is meant for the sinner, and Jesus, we know, was not a sinner. So what exactly does Jesus need baptism for? And that is the big question. Why is it that it's entering into this ritual that he doesn't need to enter into? The first thing to understand is Jesus did not get baptized for his sake, he got baptized for ours. Because it was his baptism that opened the pathway to our baptism. It allowed us to experience something different in our life that we could not experience before. 
And so it might be a good idea for us to talk about what exactly happens at baptism. Because what we experience in baptism is the same thing that Jesus experienced in his baptism. Every step, just a little bit different order. As I'm going through these things, I could ask you, first off, what happens at our baptism? Boy, that was like a big response there. Okay, it's a good thing I'm not teaching in class. If I were to ask you, what happens at baptism? What's the first thing that comes to mind? What's that? Wash away original sin. We didn't have any sin when we were baby. Wash away original sin. Yes, yeah, so for an adult, it does wash away sin. Takes away that. What else does it do? Makes us what? A child of God. Okay, so we got that. And those are about the only two things we tend to think of. So we've got two out of nine effects of baptism. It's a good thing this isn't a test because you'd all fail. So let's go through these. But before I get into these, I want to explain something about Jesus' own baptism. It didn't just take place today or this day. His baptism began when he was conceived. His baptism ended on the cross. That'll make sense as we go through this. But Jesus' baptism wasn't him simply going to the Jordan and going to the water. That was simply an expression of what was already taking place. His baptism was his entire life. From the moment of conception to the moment of his death. So what happens at our baptism? There's nine things that take place. And they take place in order. The first thing that happens at our baptism is we die. You're thinking that's kind of crazy. Does anyone ever know why we use baptism, water of baptism? Why that was what the whole baptism thing was all about? Any clues? Why water at baptism? Purifies. Like soap and water type purifies? When was the first purification done with water? You probably weren't expecting a test this morning, were you? When was the first time that water was used to purify that which was dirty? The flood. Awesome. We got it. The flood. The reason why water is a part of baptism is because it represents the death of sin. It killed mankind. It represents the idea that mankind had to die to the old self so we could have a new self. So the first thing that happened in baptism is we die. We enter into the death of Jesus. Our old self is supposed to be washed away to make room for something different. So we die. Now, what happened at Jesus' baptism that was a big deal? When he comes out of the water, what's the first thing that happens? Something comes down, it is the Holy Spirit, good, we're two for two, alright, we're doing a little bit better here. The Holy Spirit comes down upon him, because before anything can happen, we need the presence of God. So right after we die to ourselves in baptism, the Holy Spirit comes down upon us. And fills us the same way it filled Jesus. We don't get a mini Holy Spirit, we get the same one. We're filled with that same presence of God, just as Jesus was in His. But Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit when He went to the waters. He was filled with the Holy Spirit when He was conceived in the womb of Mary. 
Holy Spirit came down upon her to entrap her. So Jesus himself, at his conception, was filled at that point with the Holy Spirit. And at our baptism, we get the same outpouring, the same Spirit, the same love of God, the same power. It's ours, given to us. And now the third thing that happens, what we all say is the very first thing that happens, is it gets rid of original sin. But we didn't actually sin. We always think about it in the sense that something was taken away, but we didn't. Original sin is not something we possess. Original sin is a brokenness. It means it's something that we lack. And so when that Holy Spirit comes upon us, it's filling that void caused by original sin. It's fixing the brokenness that we inherit because of our human nature. And people might think, well, wait a minute, Jesus didn't have any sin. He wasn't broken. But actually, it's not true. He didn't commit any sin, but he hadn't. You have to remember that when Christ entered into our humanity at Christmas time, he took upon us everything that we are, including our sins. That's the reason why he had to go to the cross. He took our sins upon himself. And he needed something to wash that away. So his baptism was getting rid of our sinfulness. That's why he said his baptism didn't end until he was crucified. Because that's when sins were removed from him. That he took upon himself. He accepted the brokenness of our human condition. So now this void is gone, this original sin is taken away. And the fourth effect of baptism, it changes our very being. It makes us into something different. Before we were baptized, we were simply a human being with a human nature, and that was it. After our baptism, we're still a human being, but we now are grafted to a divine nature. We become a spiritual being at that point. And Jesus went through the same transformation. Remember I said his baptism began at his conception. Before his conception, Jesus was a divine person. After his conception, he was a divine person still with a human nature. Jesus was divine and took on our humanity. We are human and take on his divinity. And that is the beautiful fourth effect of our baptism. Which leads us to the fifth thing. We are born again from above. Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again from above by water and the Spirit to enter the kingdom of God. And this is exactly what our baptism does. We are born again. Because if we're going to die, in order to have life, we have to be born again. So we're given new life as a new person, different than we were before. We've been given a mark that makes us change, or that change that marks us forever. And Jesus forever is marked with that same change. For the rest of eternity, Jesus will have a human body. 
For the rest of eternity we will have a spiritual nature that is divine. And because we've been given that, the sixth effect is it opens the way for us to enter the spiritual life of God. That was not there before. Remember, original sin denied us the ability to connect with God. Baptism restores that connection. Because we've been made a new creation, we now can enter into the life of God Himself. All the sacraments, all the graces of God become possible because of our baptism. We're able to experience the triune family because of what happens. And at Jesus' baptism, He's able to enter into the human life that He couldn't before. He's able to experience humanity as He couldn't before. He's able to share in our life at His baptism just like we share in His life at ours. And now number seven, we finally get to your number eight to two, we become children of God. Just as Jesus, or the Father speaks down to Jesus and says, this is my beloved Son. At our baptism, the Father speaks the same exact words from the heavens. If you listen to the baptism, you will hear them. And he says, this is my beloved child, in whom I am well pleased. Every baptism, those words are spoken. Just as at Jesus' baptism. And because we are now adopted children of God, the eighth effect happens. The one that most people totally do not quite understand or don't get. Because we're not only incorporated into the family of God, we're incorporated into the community that God formed, His body of Christ, the Catholic Church. Our baptism isn't into simply God as a divine person, we're baptized into a community of believers, into a particular faith. And this is important to understand because most people don't get this. Because I've you, every one of you have heard somebody say this in their life. I used to be Catholic. Anyone know somebody that said that? I used to be Catholic, but now I'm such and such. I hear it all the time. The number eight effect of baptism is incorporates us in the body of Christ and makes an indelible mark that never goes away. Which means you can't un-Catholic yourself. You can never not be Catholic. People that say that I used to be Catholic, but now I'm Baptist, the truth is they're still Catholic to just going to a Baptist church. It marks us with something unique that you can't take away. So I'm sorry everybody, if you decide that you don't like my homilies and you want to go become a, a Protestant down the road because they're shorter, well you're more than welcome to do that, but you're still Catholic. You're still bound by this rules of the Catholic faith. You're still bound by that which dictates the body of Christ. And the reason being is because God wants what's best for His children, and this is what's best for His children. So He says, I want to be part of this family so that you can receive the fullness of my blessing. I'm not going to allow you to go into something less. And that is something that's so important because forever we are Catholic. Forever. Our death doesn't even take it away. 
And finally, the last thing, you become disciples of Christ. He is our master forever. It is him that we are called to serve. It is him that we must listen to. It is him we must give ourselves over to. And amazingly, at Jesus' own baptism, is marked the beginning of his ministry. Because at that point, Jesus forever said, I will be a servant to my people. Jesus is not a disciple of Jesus, but Jesus is a servant to us. And for all eternity, he will serve us. Because he will always be pouring himself out so we can get closer to him. And our baptism makes us part of that discipleship where forever we are called to serve God in all things. All of that took place on the day you were baptized. You died, received the Holy Spirit. Original sin, that brokenness was taken away. Your very being changed. You became spiritual. You were opened up to the divine life of God. You became His child. You entered into the community of saints and you became his disciple. What a difference one day makes. And that is why we celebrate this day on the end of the Christmas season. To remind us that just as Jesus came into the world in order to share our life we came into this world to share his life. The end of the Christmas season is not supposed to be the end of the Christmas attitude or the Christmas spirit. It means we take it and we make it part of our ordinary life. We are a Christmas people. So this day is to remind us of what our baptism is all about. That we're called to live it. And we should live it in such a way that we hear God from heaven speaking. This is my beloved child, through my well pleased.